Do you know that your weirdness could actually be your edge? And how can you use an unconventional approach to find out what you really have to offer? Well, that's exactly what the wonderful Marianne Cantwell and I chat about in this week's podcast. Welcome to the Get Out Your Way podcast. I'm your host, Osman Sharif from Rapid Transformation, and I'm here to help you get unstuck so you can rapidly grow your business. As a performance coach for small business owners, I know how vital it is for you to truly embrace entrepreneurship from the inside out, which includes transforming your mindset and using strategies that really work with your unique talents, skills, and entrepreneurial superpower. So are you ready to get out your way? Then let's get started. Welcome, welcome to episode number 68. I am super excited because I have got a very special guest for you today and you know how choosy I am about who gets to come onto the airwaves on this podcast. And today I have got Marianne Cantwell, who is a very dear friend and a peer of mine, who's the author of Be a Free Range Human a book that's now got the second edition that's been published this week and you'll definitely want to get your hands, your ears and your eyes on. It's all about living life on your terms, working when, where and how you want to so that you don't have to fit you and your unique personality into someone else's box to get paid And that is a massive part in terms of how do you get out your way and matches a lot of the philosophies that we talk about here on the Get Out Your Way podcast. Marianne totally rocked it during her TEDx talk, which is all about the hidden power of not always fitting in. And it's so far being viewed over a quarter of a million times. And she left being a corporate caged human many years ago and has spent the years now traveling the world full time with her laptop before all the cool kids were doing it. So Marianne and I crossed paths many, many years ago and we both have a passion, as you'll hear during our conversation, about how every business owner can and should use their unique personality to help them and their business grow even more. And I've had fun working and co-coaching alongside Marianne inside her community over the last few years with all things related to wealth dynamics, entrepreneurial superpower and mindset. And honestly, we could have talked for hours and hours on so many different topics. But what you'll hear us deep dive into in this episode is why and how you can use your weirdness to be your edge in business. So I know you're going to absolutely enjoy it. Be sure to take lots of notes and check out the show notes and all the links that we talk about, which you'll find over at rapidtransformation.co.uk forward slash 68. And be sure to get a copy of Marianne's new book. So without further ado, drum roll please. Let's get cracking and straight into the episode. So welcome, welcome. I am very privileged to have a very good friend with me here from all away across. Where are you now, Marianne? Tell us where you are currently. <laughs> I'm currently in sunny LA, California. 
So, Marianne, you're always here, there, and everywhere, currently in LA, recently have moved to New York. So, it's always just wonderful to see how you are traveling the world. So, I've done a bit of an intro to you, but let's just set the scene. You've had such an incredible journey, career, life, especially from the corporate world to embracing free range land. So, if you could just tell my listeners a really short whistle stop summary of your story so far. Absolutely. So classic overachiever when I was growing up, you know, top of the class, did the good girl things, moved from Australia to the UK, got into the corporate world. And for the first time in my life discovered I really didn't do that well in a particular world, which was the job world, moved around to try to change career to fix it, never could, quit my job, started my own thing, started a blog called Free Range Humans after a while that got popular. And I ended up helping other people figure out their direction, work out what they want to do with their life. In the meantime, I was, as Oz has said, I ended up traveling the world for years, you know, living out of Bali, working with my laptop before it was cool. And out of that came a book deal, Be a Free Range Human, which came out in 2013. And this year in 2019, we are doing a major re-release because so much has changed in the online world and also in, in my world, in my head, in, in how I see the world and how I live and how I work in that time. So this is a real update that goes way beyond the idea of just quitting your job and doing your own thing and really into the idea of who are you under the surface of it all? What does it mean to live a life that's meaningful to you? How do you create something on your terms in what can be a very loud world? And that to me is where my heart lies these days. I absolutely love that because I think so many people have that illusion. And I remember back in my transition, I thought, right, I'll quit my job and I'll just go and start my business and it'll be easy. It'll be plain sailing. I'll figure it all out easily. But the reality is that it's not always that case. And I know you work with clients and individuals as well. And personally, there's lots of transitions that we go through even when we have taken that leap. So the last time that me and you met in person was in London over a nice fresh juice. You're telling me all about the need for this next book, so I can't wait to actually read it. Right now, I've got the old version sitting here on my desk, so I'm looking forward to the update. So tell us a little bit more around that in terms of, I know you said things have changed over those years for you. This new version needed to be there. And one thing that me and you definitely agree on is how there's not just one way of going out there and being your own boss. I love it when you've said before how we have to embrace our weirdness and use that to our advantage and that's our edge. Tell us a bit more and how that's important and at the cornerstone of what you do, Marianne. Ooh, I love that line. Your weirdness is your edge. And I know you are so key to you know, our conversations about this has really been part of developing all of these ideas. And what I noticed over the years, you know, both being really honest with myself about my journey and also having such a big tribe of tens of thousands of free rangers, people trying to do their own thing, doing their own thing, is that we all start out at some point in our lives thinking there's a bit of us that isn't good enough. So a little bit of us that maybe is a bit too loud, maybe is a bit too silly, maybe is a bit too serious, or maybe isn't loud enough, right? So we all have something about us that I class as being too much or not enough, right? And that is the, the personality aspect of it. So that's one type of weirdness. So it's something about your personality 
that maybe you think, if I don't show that to other people, then I will do well. Or on the other hand, you might look at other people who are out there and thriving and saying, oh, well, we only need to worry about like what I've got going on. If I can just be more like that person, whoever they are, whatever they're like, it'll work out. So that's one version of it. And I'll talk to you in a second about why that's so important to really question that. But the other version is a little bit, I guess, a bit more personal. So your weirdness can also be something about you that makes you a little different to others in your field. So for example, if you're a woman in a female-dominated field, that can be something you know, we can spend a lot of our lives pretending not to be that thing, but it's always there. So my question is, how do we, without engaging in Pollyanna thinking and going, oh my gosh, your difference will always be great, saying, how can you make a piece of your difference useful. If it's something to do with mental health differences, which I talk about in the new book with my personal journey of anxiety and depression, I personally have found that while they've been my biggest Achilles heel, those things have actually been the source of my success and thriving. So I'm happy to talk about any or all of that. How do you turn your weirdness into your edge is the question I've been curious about for a long time. And I love that because, again, from my experience of coaching clients, and especially when they get stuck, that's where typically I come in or where they find me, is that they are stuck because they're trying their best to get rid of the things that are different about them. Do you know what I mean? Or that they don't fit the mold of what they think they should be doing or what other people are doing. So a lot of that I completely resonate with, Marianne, how actually you just drive yourself crazy if you don't embrace your uniqueness and whether you might think that's weird or other people might think that's weird it's cool because it's actually you and it's that's what makes business exciting and what makes it different even if you are in the same industry as many other people you still get to do it your own way so I absolutely love this topic can we talk about it for hours I'm sure yeah would you like some examples around it or Absolutely. I was going to ask you, so how have you used this to your advantage to grow your business over your career and your business life? I mean, here's the first thing. My experience has been, I have never liked my weirdnesses. So growing up, as I said at the beginning, I was a bit of an overachiever. I was someone who equated getting love and getting validation with achievement. I grew up in that, you know, in that world, which so many of us do. And so for me, I felt and also I grew up as an outsider. So I grew up as someone who had a strange accent. I grew up in Australia speaking French because of my Mauritian mother. And my then I had my British dad. I was always kind of the weird one, even though I never wanted to be. Like most of us, I just wanted a place to fit. And so for me, having navigated my way to adulthood, I had become very good at knowing how to hide my differences. And I thought that that was where safety lied. And I thought that's where success Lay. And when you become your own boss, as I'm sure a lot of people listening know, hiding yourself is a dangerous strategy because you end up being middle of the road. You end up being overtaken by others for a really good reason. And what I discovered when I started my own thing was I started out thinking, if I can create the most similar to others, but 10% better website out there and brand and whatever, then I will both be safe and I will also succeed, right? Because others have done it, so I must do it the same. And what I discovered was the opposite. So the first thing I discovered was I was trying to be a lot more serious than I normally am. So I was thinking that to succeed, I had to look corporate. What I quickly discovered is that is so not me. I just have this fairly poor sense of humor that I think is hilarious. I have a mind that 
that goes in a billion different directions at once. And more than important than that, I'm an empath. I see myself as someone and I know that I'm someone who has who goes through the world feeling everything other people are feeling. So if I walk into a room, like I think so many people probably listening in are knowing your crew, I feel the energy in the room more than most people there. What I discovered when I, after I went through a few iterations and end up in the sort of the personal development, the the business world of doing your own thing, was that that particular weirdness was weird. So I entered a world of people at the time who the people at the top echelons were very sort of hyped up, very driven intellectually, which I am as well. But that sensitivity, I think is the key word, you know, identify as a highly sensitive person, that sensitivity, that nuance, that gray area, it wasn't the norm. It was the sort of thing you ran roughshod over. And when I started out, I tried to play that game, but I think I actually really came into my own when I stepped into my empathy, stepped into the fact that I did see the complexities where others saw black and white, and I started writing and speaking from that place. So I'll give you a practical example, Oz. Everything that people have loved and been drawn to in the work I've done has come from me sitting there either with a group or a person or by myself and feeling into how this person in my mind would be feeling. So thinking of someone in particular, writing to them and speaking to them, and that's an empath move. Now, at the start, I didn't bother doing that because I thought, well, gosh, you know, if you say things that sound cheesy, people will run away. But that has been the only reason that you even know who I am and I'm talking to me today was because I used that sensitivity to say these things, to be this person that others probably didn't see the value in and certainly weren't telling me was a smart business move. Does that make sense? It totally does. And I love what you said there about didn't see the value in. And I'll share one example with you. So the thing about our own uniqueness, it's so, sometimes we're blinded by it because we don't see it. And I remember having a coach many, many years ago. She said something to me that really struck a chord. And she was in this world of personal development, business coaching, etc. And she said, the thing that really strikes me about what you do is you really care about your clients. And I was like, uh, well, does everybody not? <laughs> and I couldn't understand. She's like, no, no, but you absolutely genuinely care. I hear it from when you talk about your clients. I hear it when I see things people put on Facebook, etc. You genuinely care. And I was just like struck with that thinking, well, that's something that I actually just don't even recognize. But what I was trying to do at that point was trying to like systemize things and make it bigger and better in that way. And by doing that, what I actually was doing or I was at the risk of doing was to kind of like get away from that uniqueness of, yep, actually me and you can have that real conversation and truly have that openness of what's going on in your reality. And it doesn't have to just be fitting into certain steps and boxes or here's my signature system in that way, because that was taking a little bit of that uniqueness away. Does that make sense in terms of how actually I was thinking, actually, well, that's just what I do. It needs to be something different. But what I just heard you say, and it just reflected on me, there was the, it's, that's the value that actually resonates with people. That's what people come to you for. And that's what you need to really embrace. Oh, as you know, firstly, that coach was right, obviously. <laughs> that is who you are. And here's the cool thing. I bet that when you were trying to put those systems together and you know, systematize everything, you probably did an okay job at it, obviously. 
but it wasn't your moment that people would, people weren't going, you know what, you need to talk to Oz. He has this amazing systematized process. People weren't saying that, right? (laughs) Marianne, you've literally just reminded me of something, okay? So um, putting you on the spot here. I remember, again, years ago when we were having a conversation, I was saying to you, could you do a critique of my website? And you were like, absolutely. And you came back. And that's when I was really proud of the version I had at that point. It was a picture of me in a brick wall, for example. And I still just remember what you said. You said, whenever you refer people to say, you need to go and speak to Oz, you need to go and speak to this man, you'd point them to my website and then you'd say, just ignore that front, that picture that he's got at the front. That's not really him. <laughs> Do you remember telling me that? I completely remember that. I 100% remember it. It was so true. <laughs> and the reason why I'm sharing that is because I remember when you told me that, I was like, okay, feedback's a gift. And I did ask for feedback, but I was just like, I like that picture. You know, I thought it was all cool and Dragon's Den-like. But actually, and what you said to me at that point really struck a chord was it was like, actually, that doesn't show your caringness. It doesn't show that openness. It doesn't show the me and you sitting having a, a coffee, for example, and really getting there. There was a little bit of a barrier in that. So we can sometimes try and create something for us that we think is what the world wants. But actually, if you don't really kind of look in and get insight from other people, sometimes you actually totally miss the mark. So I quickly changed that based upon that feedback that just came to me through that conversation there. <laughs> I've just loaded your website and I'm like, now you're actually looking at the camera sitting down. It looks like you are so so beautiful. Whole other conversation about the website. Lovely. So you've just got me thinking when you said that, because I think sometimes when I used to hear the idea of you, your difference being something you should embrace, I firstly, I was like, well, that's great for other people because they have good differences. My differences are weird. They're embarrassing. They're not enough. I need to, like you said, come up with something that is different and unique in order to thrive. And the big issue with that is that who you are doesn't go away from the equation. You don't look at, right, like you're not looking at someone else and going, I'm going to change myself and become them and then manage to do it. You're never going to do that. And even if you get close, you'll always be a second rate version of them. And that really hit me because I grew up with this idea that your mind can do anything, right? I was very much in that culture of you can, if you're smart, you can think your way anywhere. And yet sometimes over the years, what I've discovered is that it's dangerous to focus on the things that you're just good at because you might end up doing them for a very long time, right? Yep. You might be so good enough at creating that the systems that you can ride along without having to tap into the fact that you are the caring person or you maybe the other way around. Maybe you're being the caring person, but actually you are itching to create the systems and that's where where your gold is but you're like no one that can't be big enough that isn't enough that isn't what others are doing so what I found really really helped me with that was gathering evidence for it so the way that I gathered evidence to counter my inner critic that was yapping away and saying how can being empathetic be enough shouldn't you be coming up with all these fresh new ideas rather than doing what I do which is translate existing ideas into language that actually hits home with people. So they really get it, which by the way is a summary of my entire career. So what I did was I started gathering evidence. So like you, you came to individuals for feedback. I looked firstly, I sat down and looked at the moments in my life where I felt that something had been a bit of a bigger win. So it's a moment that maybe that day had more impact than the last six months of work. 
It might have been, what's the most memorable moment at work? How did you get there? And as I started growing a following, I started asking groups of people, what is it that you get the most from free range humans and what I do? And what I heard consistently right from the start was, you gave me permission to be who I am. And I ignored that Oz, for a long time. I was like, well, that seems like you didn't understand the question. I was literally <laughs> like, I think a lot of people misunderstood the question. And then I, it took me a long time to go, no, I misunderstood the answer. I thought they were going to say, you showed me a way to find clever answers because I'm a strategist in my background. I thought it would be about my strategy. But while people mentioned the strategy, they said, and it let me be who I am. And you showed me how to make the most of the person I, I am rather than who I thought I should be. And I was just like, this is what I'm doing. People would say, I read your messages and they hit something in me. It's like you speak to me. And so the reason I think we really talk about this is if you are someone who has high standards for yourself, which I definitely am, and I know you are, then the only way that we can thrive as people, as creatives, as business owners, whatever we want to do, is to tap into those moments that we think are either not enough or are too much, is to step further into the thing that will never go away about us, right? Because it's those moments that for me have been absolutely everything. It's actually been the same for everyone I've seen. It's always something, I think just to, to wrap up what I was saying at the beginning, that when we look at others, and I used to look at others and say, their differences are good, mine are weird, mine are bad, mine are not enough. No one thinks their differences are great. It's us looking in. So it's really valuable to get that external feedback and to really gather evidence for ourselves over time. Absolutely. And I love the example that you gave there, how you can actually do this in a very practical way and even taking a trip down memory lane in terms of when were you most in flow, when were you making the biggest impact and getting to see what was happening there in that way. And I love, again, what you said about what you think is actually your gift effectively or whatever you want to classify that is sometimes you think oh it's not enough I should be something else so me and you both are advocates of personality and bringing that into business okay and we've had many conversations around this before I've collaborated with you on projects within free range land about bringing wealth dynamics a system that I use a lot with my clients to to life so that's what I often get when people do a, a profile result like that, like Wealth Dynamics, they go, this is great, but, <laughs> and I always get the but, but what if I should be more like that profile or that profile? Is that your experience of it as well, Marianne, when you have shared this with others? <laughs> I mean, you know what, you, you send a personality profile of any type to anyone and the odds are, and here's my caveat to this odds, if someone is not thriving and in flow and in alignment with themselves, that will be the response. If someone is thriving and in flow and in alignment, I would challenge you to have that response. Because when you are in your flow and in your alignment, you are living that thing and you have embraced that part of yourself, right? So you see a profile and it's almost my litmus test now. I wonder how in flow someone is. I'll give them a profile and I'll sort of look at them. And if the response is that isn't enough, how can I succeed like that? I'm like, well, now this is where the work begins. Absolutely. And that's why even me and you, we're very different in terms of what's important to us, our lifestyles, but even from a superpower wealth dynamics perspective, you are a star profile and I'm a trader profile. So 
the way that we approach things, the way that we think about things, the way that we do things is completely different. And that's where I just love the fact that when you understand it, what I do, you might think, oh, that's a bit weird, right? <laughs> and vice versa, I was going, oh, I wouldn't do it that way. That seems a bit weird or that's different from me. But there's just too many people out there still playing the wrong game for them and not embracing it. And that just absolutely something it's fundamental of how people get in their own way. And from my view, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's the same. And it's funny you say it. someone might look at someone else or we might look at each other and go, that's weird. I actually think that's actually a nice response in my view, because then you're embracing who you are and whether you want to articulate as weird or they're doing their own thing. That's great. I think the most, the thing that I used to have was I'd look at someone, let's just say I'd look at you and I'd be like, I should do more like him. Oh my gosh, he's doing this thing. He's got this mastermind. I should do a mastermind. And then the list starts and you're like, right, so that Laura over there has done these great systematized process. So I need to do that. Oz has got this mastermind. He's really caring. So be more caring, add to list. Marianne's got this whole new brand. Oh my God, rebrand the websites. Oh, this person there's got a Facebook strategy. You see what I mean? So for me, that's the danger and also who, how you're showing up. And sometimes we see this in how people come across. Sometimes it's, they're trying in one moment to be the funny one, the next one to be the serious one, and not because they have those elements of personality themselves, but because they think that's certainly how I was. But something I think is interesting us with this is I know it's a great example, I think, that I often use. So you're a trader in wealth dynamics. I'm a star, which is a they're very different profiles in terms of where they are on the wealth dynamics wheel. Do you mind sharing what your profile is in MBTI in the 16 personalities profile? Yep. I used to be an ISTJ, but it was borderline. When I did it last time, it was an ISFJ, I believe. I've not personally used uh, Myers-Biggs in many, many years. So what was your thoughts on that? <laughs> oh, we use it a lot. And the reason I want to share it is I'm an ENFP. So the people who know the system, uh, what you'll know is Oz and I basically said that we're almost the opposite on that as well. <laughs> so whether you know the system. And so I think that's a really important thing to see because if you're only looking at a certain type of person, then everything gets really homogenous. And you think that, for me, I can start to think that's the way that success lies. So I think it's so cool when we hear, which I always ask people, what's your profile? Because I get curious about how that's manifested in, in what they're doing. You, you are so different. If you try to be like me, it won't work. And if I try to be like you, it won't work. And because we're smart enough, we might just make it work just well enough to scrape by. And that's the danger when we're able to push ourselves out of our comfort zone so much that we um, end up losing who we are. But yeah, I find with the, my, with any of the systems, Myers-Briggs and Wealth Dynamics, they're so good for making me uncomfortable. So whenever I go back to a profile and I'm such a star profile, I can't even cheat on the assessment. And I've tried several times, totally failed. Whenever I go back to it, I look at my profile and I, I, sometimes there's bits of it and I'm like, well, that's silly. And I'm like, well, that's probably the thing that's missing. So I think that's a really cool clue for people. If you look, go and say, oh, that's silly or that's boring in your profile, go and say, oh, what might be in that for me? Is that actually a weirdness that I think isn't good enough? So I should actually double down on it. 
I totally agree because when the trader profile, when I first got that, it basically was talking about you're great at customer service and you're good at doing similar things over and over again. And I remember thinking, well, that's a bit boring. (laughs) Well, that's not going to add a lot of kind of variety and creativity and innovation. But when I actually looked at that, and that's where, again, when I first started my business, I was doing NLP courses. So I was up and down the country delivering the same seven day courses over and over again. And I remember I used to speak to people, particularly if they were stars or creators, they'd go, seriously, how many have you done now? And I'm like, 60 of these. And they're like, are you not bored? And I'm like, no, because every single group that I'm working with, they're different people. The techniques and the tools I'm teaching them are the same, but every week's completely different. And that's when I took a step back and I thought, oh, actually, I don't need to have that much variety in my life in terms of my business life. You don't have to be creating different things all of the time and talking about different things. I can go into something a bit more deeper and, as I say, a bit more passionate about this is what I'm all about. And that's the, the thing that keeps it fresh for me. Does that make sense? Oh, my gosh, yes. So whereas for you, could you imagine doing the same seven day course about 60 times, Marianne? (laughs) I mean, I would love to be the person who could do that. And I am not. And here's the thing, Oz, I listen to you and there's a little bit of me is like, oh, my God, I wish I could do that. Because the thing without, I think there's a dark side to every gift. There's the shadow to the light. And all of our differences have a dark side. And, you know, we can hyper-focus on that. So when I hear you say that, I'm like, gosh, oh, such a gift. You're so lucky. Because the dark side of of the shadow side of my gift of being the one who has, like, loads of ideas, who's, you know, out front and all of that is follow-through over the long term. It's honestly, if I had your follow-through and your joy in the follow-through, I think it's more important, that absolute joy that you have in the long relationships and all of that, I mean – my business would be thriving in completely different ways. However, I also know that the moments I've tried to be more like that have been the moments where I've lost a lot of my power. So it might've worked for six months or a year, but then the cost of that reverberated because I was so out of my flow. And so I think that's the, it's really good especially for Brits, by the way, (laughs) I think, who are like not the sunny side Californians I'm surrounded by here, to acknowledge our shadow, to acknowledge our dark side, because otherwise it's the unspoken that can eat us. It's the unspoken that can creep up and knock us down on a darker day and say, oh, well, you know, it can't be a gift because look at you without your follow through. Look at you not being as innovative. Look at you doing that. Well, I think for me, it's been embracing it and saying, yeah, that's a fact. Seeing it as factually as the fact that I like to use the example of the fact that your vacuum cleaner is not the same thing as your blender. Like you're not being like vacuum cleaner, you're incredibly crap at like blending my smoothies in the morning. What's wrong with you? It's like, it's just a fact. We work from that point. And for me as a very you know, emotive person, it's been very useful seeing things about myself just as facts. I'm like, okay, that thing isn't mine. What do I do? Do I create something that doesn't require it? Do I work out how long I can go with something, which by the way has been what I've done? Do I find other people to fill the gaps? And once we take the judgment out, we can work with who we are so much better. 
Absolutely. And that then it gives you the choice to be able to go, right, how do I maximize what the goal is that you're working towards or what your vision is without you having to do everything? It's about, well, do you get help from a particular person to do the thing that gets you out of flow or do you need to put something in place to actually still make it happen? So I don't believe, and I say this to a lot of my clients, just knowing your personality or your weirdness or your superpower, whatever you want to think about is, it's not a case of going, oh, well, that's just me. I'm not good at customer service or I'm not good at finances. It's not an excuse for inexcusable behavior because we might still not achieve our goals or our business goals or results if we don't focus on some of those. But it doesn't mean that you have to do it to the detriment of actually what your uniqueness and your superpower is. Absolutely. I always say, and actually this is something I did, one of the many edits in the book was, has been, aside from the fact that I'm just going to spoil a part of the book for people, for people who've read it before, we actually took out everything on online marketing and put it in as a bonus. So all that old stuff, for people who read the first edition about how you must grow an email list and you must do that, that's now a bonus. And we created a distillation of personality profiles to create a three-part free range styles, we call it, to understand what sort of attraction style you have. And what are different ways people make it thrive? So, firstly, we've really changed the game in that. But the other thing I changed is the idea that I find that people would read the book or hear something I said, and they would say, "Oh my gosh, I've worked out what I finally figured out my flow." But the problem is, I can't see how to do that right now. You know, apparently my flow is best when I have loads of followers. I don't have any. How do I even start? And so I, I added this thing into the book, well, many things. One of the big additions was a bit, something I called the ladder game, which is where I used to play this with myself all the time, where if you're a perfectionist, this is so handy, you look at the options in front of you. So it might be go and meet some people that will be useful at some point. Go and get to know some people in your field. And you give that a rating out of 10. And you're like, oh my God, that right now, that's really a seven out of 10 for me. I don't, it's not my favorite thing, but whatever. Then you look at where you are now. Where is that out of 10 for you? Sitting here and not doing anything. What results did that get you? And you're like, that's like a two. If going out and meeting some people is the only next step that you can see, if it rates higher than the other one, go and do it. And the reason I say it's so obvious but sometimes we need these things. But it's helped me because the reason I call it the ladder game is if you go off and do that, you're seven rungs up the ladder. You might have been waiting for the 10, which is I'm going to have my website perfect. I'm going to do that. But you're seven rungs up that ladder. So when you take that next step that's higher up, you're coming at it from a higher perspective. So this is one of the big things in I talk about in free range land and to myself as a recovering perfectionist is we have to take a sensible view of, our, of what is possible. No action gets zero results. The best action that is available to you, and sometimes, by the way, that is get input from someone who knows what they're talking about. That might actually be your best next action. That gets more points. And once you see that, you're like, oh, so I know my flow's over here, but I can only see how to get there 50% great, go do the 50% and maybe get some input on your flow. Totally agree. That It's very simple, but like... <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Because it then gets you to be in motion. Nothing, there's nothing worse than actually you being stuck and staying where you are, waiting for what might seem as perfect, but actually it's just not causing you to get any growth in that way. I always use a terminology, one of my coaches or my mentors said years ago was, what's your best thinking right now? So that might mean that it helps you move forward. But as you are, in your analogy, 
a couple of rungs up the ladder, that might change. Your strategy might change. What you spend your time doing might change at that point. But at least you're not where you were last month, a year ago. You're actually kind of making a difference. So we could talk about this for hours, I'm sure. And if anybody's here thinking, okay, Marianne's talked about being a star profile. Asman's talking about being a trader. If you're a listener to my podcast, you will know whenever I have a guest on, I talk about their superpower so that we can see the difference of what makes success for them or what game that they're playing. So if you still are scratching your head thinking, right, I'm not sure what my superpower is, it's something I would absolutely recommend that everybody does. I do it with every single one of my clients before I work with them or in my mastermind. And you can find out more about that over at rapidtransformation.co.uk forward slash superpower. So as we start to wrap up this episode, and Marianne, it goes without saying we need to have you back on because there's so many other topics that we can jam on. You've got your new book coming out. Tell us a little bit more about who this book is for and where we can get that from. So it's for firstly people who've resonated with this episode. Definitely it's for you. It's for people who've been thinking about doing their own thing for a while or have started to do it. And maybe you feel that there's something in the way that the online world is going in the conversations on there that a little bit of you maybe isn't fully resonating. Maybe all the Facebook ads telling you to be a copy of someone else are kind of grating on you a little bit. And you would love to have a little bit of a boost in your thinking about creating something as the person you are. Be that to have the freedom of location and time, or even if you already have that, then it's more about having that next level in being able to be who you are and absolutely thrive as you in a world that can sometimes send out a lot of conflicting messages about that. So it's kind of, I describe it as these days, I say, you know what, it does sit on the business and careers shelves, but it's really a personal development book in wrapping. So it's, uh, it's definitely one to, one of my best feedback I got on the first edition, which I think is going to happen more with the second, is people said, I read this book, then I stopped reading any other books because I finally was like back in myself and centered and doing things from me rather than like reading everything out there. So that's, I went to double that effect in the second edition. I'm really excited about this. It's got a lot more honest stories, a lot more of my journey and all of that, as well as the original really cool stuff about figuring out what you're doing, getting it out there and all that. Oh, perfect. So I'd 100% recommend that you get that book and dive into it. And as Marianne said, it might even be the last book that you need to allow you just to go, right, come on, I'm on it. Let me focus and do things to embrace your own uniqueness and your own weirdness in a nice way. I like that word weirdness because it's quite cool, right? I love it. So where can people find out about you, Marianne, if they want to find out more and find out about the book? Yes. Well, I think if you want to find out about the book or get the book, the easiest way to make sure you're getting the fresh new second edition is to go to beafreerangehuman.com, beafreerangehuman.com, where you'll get info and you also just get linked to the right place to get the book. So it's the easiest place to do. If you want to connect with me on socials, I am Free Range Marianne on Instagram. You can also just Google Free Range Humans and go to the classic free-range-humans.com website. But if you're curious about the book before you get distracted on the internet, internet. It's beafreerangehuman.com. If you love it, please leave a review. It means a lot because I thrive on external validation for reasons my therapist will probably have a lot to say about, but thanks. Oh, perfect. (laughs) And I'll put a link to your social media and also the book over on the show notes. 
which is rapidtransformation.co.uk forward slash 68. So thank you. Thank you. It's been our absolutely real pleasure. One last quick question. And we've talked about it a lot, Marianne, right? But have you ever had those situations where you're hearing people, especially business owners, and you're sitting in a coffee shop and you're overhearing them or you're eavesdropping and you just want to give them a shake and you're thinking, come on, you're just getting in your own way, right? What's one thing that you see typically people getting in their own way that you think, come on, just move on from there? What would you say? Absolutely. That's like, this is why I don't hang out in co-working spaces because apparently you shouldn't just shake strangers. But I would say it'll be either one, everything we talked about here. So someone who's clearly a, one sort of person trying to be someone else. But the other one we haven't talked about is making things way more complicated than they need to be. So describing what they do in language that's so obtuse that I'm just like, so you did your basic developing cat food? Is that literally what we're talking about? Or just making things really difficult. So if people at the beginning, so I've heard overheard people right at the start coming up with this grand plan. And I'm like, you clearly have never had a client. So go out and do that. Go out and do the next thing. So I would say making things more up in the air than down on the ground. And I think that's something we all know how to fix, but we do need that boost to fix it, which I know you do so well. Perfect. So yep, that's a public service announcement there. Keep it simple and don't overcomplicate things. Keep it simple. Perfect. So thank you once again. And for everybody here, go and get the book. I'm sure you're going to love it. I look forward to inviting you back on next time, Marianne. I'm sure we'll have lots more fun conversations as well. Thank you. Thank you. If you feel like you're still just scratching the surface and growing your business, and even with all the action that you're taking, you still regularly feel stuck or frustrated, then the chances are you're hitting one of the three business growth blocks that many entrepreneurs and business owners face. But don't worry, you can rapidly transform that from today. Simply start by taking my free business growth block quiz to see if your design, mindset and strategies are currently working for you or against you. Your results will help you put your finger on the elements that need your immediate focus. Plus, you'll also get access to a short video series with lots of practical ways to either fine-tune or overhaul each of these essential foundations. Take the free quiz now over at rapidtransformation.co.uk slash quiz.